gun owners know. Not today, Satan, although I do like a good gun commercial. Back to the Lord. and every one of you on this Rise Up episode number 278. I am rapture ready, ladies and gentlemen. I pray that you all are as well. How many of you have been brought back to life? That's the question. How many of you feel that you have been brought back to life? Let us know in the live chat. Now, I'm going to just say this. You cannot have ever been brought back to life unless you've received your 39 lashes. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Take your lashes. They're necessary. So we're going to be really diving deep into a few different verses today. We're going to be touching on Matthew. We're going to be touching on Deuteronomy. And we're going to be touching on Corinthians, both one uh, first And 2 Corinthians. Scotty. Scotty just donated $50, Eli. Said, thank you for all your tireless work that you and Eli do for us. Please use this where it's needed, Jeremy and Eli. I want to bless you for your tithing. I want to bless you for giving to this company and trusting in us with your money 
that you work very, 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 very hard for and you could spend on your family, you could put in your gas tank, you could buy groceries for your home, and you decide to give it to us. Like, I guarantee you I'll never buy private jets, Eli. No matter how much money is donated to us. I will always use it in the most conservative way that we can. We'll just say that. Have you received your lashes? I have received my 39 lashes many times. Have you? Uh, Katia says we've contacted our lawyer to make sure that he is not a scam. I wonder, I don't know, I guess I didn't see the earlier chat. Uh, but I hope if you're being scammed that you can, that you can, Stop being scammed. I hope that that can, that some justice will be found. Yes, that was so sweet of Scotty. Thank you so very much, sir. We appreciate you. Uh, pray in peace, please. Definitely prayers. All the prayers we can get. Bumblebee, why 39? Well, that's a good question, isn't it? Is there symbolism to having the cat of nine tails to do with the cat of nine tails? I'm not sure about that one, uh, but there is a reason for 39 lashes. Have you received yours? That's how, much, that's how many lashes Jesus took. Jesus took 39 lashes. Now, he could have received one more by law, but he didn't. He received 39. Oh, prayers for Katia and her father. Yes, definitely. If they're being scammed by somebody, 100%. Bad moon, because it's not 40 and it's not 38. Katia said, we've been contacted by someone from our father-in-law's camp, uh, Lagoon case. If it is real, it will save our home and our business. Well, I pray for sure that it does. 40 would have been deadly, says E.D. Pie. Katia, God bless and pray. Yes, says uh, T. Mitchell's praying for you, Katia. Uh, We're definitely doing that. Uh, I think I had more lashes than that. Well, Paul did. Paul was lashed many 39 times. Um, A lot of Jesus' disciples uh, were lashed more than once. And Jesus says as a follower of his, you will be lashed. Now think about this. Paul, formerly Saul, Uh, Lozaic says, what is considered lashes being broken down? I guess it's a dumb question. Not a dumb question. Yes. If you're using it as an analogy, yes. Have you gone through hell? Not have you actually received 39 lashes on your back. Have you gone through the equivalent of 39 lashes on your back? Have you gone through hell? That's the question. And I think it's important to note here. That and, and I'll get into this a little later as well. So, you know, forgive me if I'm redundant about this. Um, I'm glad Bob is back. God bless you, Bob. Thank you for being here, man. We had a great debate with Bob yesterday. Um, think about this. Uh, Paul, formerly known as Saul, when he was persecuting Christians and killing them, how many people did he lash? How many lashes did he 
give to people that were followers of Jesus Christ because of Jewish law. And then he himself becomes arguably the most known Christian of that time, ending up, ended up writing two-thirds of the New Testament. And he ended up getting lashed many times. He ended up taking his 39 lashes many times, figuratively and um, literally. Thank you, Eli. Joe Bo says, I have lost everyone in my family that was close to me. So, yeah, I've gone through hell. Yes, you have, sir. Yes, you have, sir. Bernadette Eli just donated $20 and says, so blessed by your ministry, as well as race mom that says, I love this family to keep Eli employed. That's great. Wonderful. God bless you all for doing that for us. Look, if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't be able to be here, right? We just wouldn't be able to be here. Scotty says, 39, I've been holding at that age for years now. Me too, for about five years, Scotty. Uh, Let's go to the Lord in prayer, folks. We are 15 minutes past the hour now. We'll go to the Lord in prayer. We'll get to the description. We'll go to the verses. And then I've got some very, 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 very serious things to, to discuss with you about these 39 lashes. Okay? Bumblebee Patriot says, I've lost everything. I know what that feels like. I know what that feels like. I've lost everything as well, including my ability to make a decision and go where I want to go, talk to who I want to talk to and have freedom. I've lost it all. I've lost people. I've lost my freedom. I've lost my mind. I lost my temper. I lost loved ones. I lost relationships. I lost my way. For over 36 years, I was lost in the wilderness without God. I was wilderless, as we spoke about yesterday, for over 36 years, which lets you know that it's never too late, that it's never too late. So today, if you just joined in, we're talking about taking your lashes and how it is necessary for you to get to heaven, for you to take your 39 lashes as well. So I'd like to go to the Lord in prayer right now. Uh, for all of those who have not didn't receive a newsletter this morning, uh, we've been running ragged here. We've been working 15 hours a day. It is election season. It's not going to get any easier. That's why I'm making sure that I take my field of greens and my lean to give me all the energy that I need, <laughs> uh, as well as my Rise Up coffee. Uh, but I, I do need rest. The Bible says we need, to, we need rest. And um, I've been finding myself going to bed a lot earlier at night to get that rest because there's no rest for the righteous and there's no rest for the wicked. You know what I mean? There's no rest for the righteous or the wicked. So I got to get up early in the morning. I got to get things done. I got to get, I got to get to things. And lately I've been, um, I've been uh, not being able to work at night because I've been working here so late. Uh, so I've not been able to get up so early and get in. So I apologize for that. Uh, but it is election season. So I've got to come up with some kind of a, a routine. Okay. Please remove your hats. And in the name of Yeshua, our Lord and Savior, we're all going to go to prayer right now. We're all going to bow our heads. We're all going to take a minute. Now, I know that you guys are about 20 to 30 seconds behind me. Okay? Here's what I want to do. This actually hurts our channel, Eli, because our engagement rating is based on how much people engage in our videos. Right? 
and our engagement rating is if our engagement rating is higher that means algorithms that are out there to push videos that people want to see are going to be doing better but i want you guys to stop engaging that's right i want you to stop engaging and talking in the chat while we pray now i can understand that people don't want to do this in live from america but in rise up i think it's necessary for us to focus Okay, so please, everybody, please focus on the cross, focus on your 39 lashes, focus on the stripes that you have received. And let's pray. Lord and heavenly father. Lord, we get so excited and so anxious for this time of day. Where we can have fellowship And treat Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday like it's Sunday. That we can focus on you, God. That we can focus on what Jesus did for us. That we can focus on those who knew no better. That we can focus on the pain that Jesus went through without saying a word. That we can focus on the trials that we must go through in order to get to heaven. There is no path to God unless you go through the Son. And you cannot go through the Son, Yeshua, Jesus of Nazareth, without experiencing the same things that he did. Lord, today, we thank you for our stripes. We thank you for our pain. We thank you for the cuts and the lacerations. We thank you for the betrayals in our lives because it is necessary for us to get ready to come home. Lord, I love you so much. Father God, there's nothing more comfortable than when I hear you tell me how much you love me. If my own father here on earth would have shown up in prison, hugged me and told me how much he loved me and missed me, it would not even have held a candle to you telling me how much you love me. And I thank you for that every day. Lord, I also thank you for the message that you gave me in my dream last night. Where I ask that you're with me today so that I can give this message, but not only give this message the right way, but also leave people with answers that they need. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Sometimes, folks, when you talk to God, sometimes it activates that Holy Spirit in you, right? Sometimes it brings back some pretty some pretty rough memories, doesn't it? But we're not to forget those memories. We're not to forget those lashes. We are not to forget those lashes and and that pain, those cuts. The burning of the sweat getting into those cuts. We're not to forget those. We're to embrace those. And yeah, I know it brings some tears. Sometimes. As you can see, I got a great relationship with my father now. And even at the mentioning of that loss that I experienced then, it still cuts deep. 
That's a lash. That's a stripe. Time to uh, embrace those stripes. Time to not... It's time to stop feeling sorry for yourself. And it's time to forgive those people that put those stripes on you. That's what we're going to do today. We're going to never forget where those stripes came from, but we're not going to be upset about the stripes or where they came from. We're not going to hate those who gave us those stripes because God says that we are to embrace them. That's what God says. Will all cuts heal? Of course they will. Even Jesus' cuts healed. The only thing that didn't heal in his physical body were the holes. And the holes are there for a very specific reason. We'll get to that in another episode of Rise Up. I want to, uh, I want to read from One Minute Prayer for Dads. Mary says, oh, Jeremy, this is, this is what I needed to hear. I was wondering why and what for. Thank you. Well, we're just getting started. I think by the end of this show, you're really going to be, uh, your eyes are going to be opened a little bit more uh, than they were before we started. So a one-minute prayer for dads. If you guys have this, I want you to open up to page 36. Now, we have not been reading a lot from our books lately because we've been, the Holy Spirit has been speaking for an hour. You know what I mean? So if you're just joining in, I'll ask you to rumble the video and I'll ask you to share this video out. Share the gospel, not gossip. Because we're talking about our 39 lashes that you cannot get to heaven unless you receive. It's that, it's that simple. Growing in grace. Page 36 of One Minute Prayer for Dads. 2 Peter 3.18 Grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord in the Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and on the day of eternity. Amen. It is our privilege as Christians to know our God, to know him intimately. We know him through the revelation of the Bible, through prayer, and through the teachings of church in fellowship. Every Christian then should be a growing Christian. The same thing holds true for dads. Every dad, as he grows in the Lord, should also grow as a dad. That's the irony of fatherhood. By the time that we're experts, the kids have flown the nest. God is with, even so, God is with us as we grow. Providing just what we need to grow as Christians and as dads. And by the way, when those kids flee the nest or fly the nest, most of you know, I don't know yet. My kids have not flown the nest yet. But those of you who have, yeah, it is bittersweet, right? It's bittersweet. It's sad that they're leaving. But that doesn't mean you stop being a dad or a mom. 
As a matter of fact, that just means that you grow as you grow in your dadhood or your motherhood. You grow. Now you have to now you have to parent them in their adult life, which, by the way, is arguably a lot harder than parenting them in their adolescent life or their or their toddler or or, or young um, uh, teenage life. And it's because you don't have that parent control over them anymore. They can make their own decisions. So when you're parenting them as an adult, it is a very different, I would assume, it's going to be very different for me. I assume it's very different for you. You never stop though, right? Bumblebee Patriot says, my dad is definitely an expert. I'm 41 and I still call him for advice. You got, guess what, folks? My dad was not a good father to me, but he was a great father to my sisters. He was not a good dad to me. And guess what? I still call my dad for advice. Even though he had no advice to give to me, not an ounce of my life until I was 28 years old, I call my dad for advice because he's my father. Because we are to honor our parents and because regardless of the fact that they're not as good as we thought they should have been as a parent, they still have wisdom. They still have wisdom and there's still time to save them. Thank you, Faith Trump's feelings for the $20. Thank you for Rise Up, for your transparency. I love this family. God, thank you for calling me to be a father. Best thing that ever happened to me. Eli knew me before kids. (laughs) I think he can attest to that. And sending me the exact children that I should parent. And equipping me for this parental assignment. When I don't know what to do as a dad, I know to turn to you and your word for good counsel. As a parent, as I parent my kids day by day, I pray I will grow in the knowledge of you and that my kids will also do the same. Let our family or set our family, excuse me, on a course that is your perfect will for us. Bring us to maturity through the circumstances that we face. No matter what those circumstances are, we will give you glory both now and and forever. I admire your transparency, says Kitten, 1948. Well, I don't know any other way to be. That's why I can't lie. I just don't know another way to be other than this is me. You see, once you've received your 39 lashes which, trust me, I have. There's nothing left for you to lose. There's no reason to hide yourself. Nobody can do to you more than what those 39 lashes already have done to you. So you go for broke. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let truth and transparency rise up out of the ashes of lies and deceit. Allow joy to take over happiness. Allow salvation to take over selfishness. And when you do that, not only... Don't, are you not afraid 
to show people exactly who you are. But you realize that God put you here to tell people exactly who you are. It is your job. And there is a freedom in telling people exactly who you are, how you think, and what you do. Because I can promise you this. My mom used to say this to me when I was a kid. I may not find out today. I may not find out tomorrow. I may not find out next week. But sooner or later, I will find out. And when I do, there will be consequences. It's the same thing in your life. If you hide who you are, sooner or later, it's going to come out. Whether you get uncomfortable, whether you get stressful, whether you have anxiety take over your life, when the stuff hits the fan, your true self is going to come out and people are going to see it. So that you, you can't hide it anyway. And then you'll be a hypocrite on top of all that. Then you, won't, then you will never have the trust of anybody or the respect of anybody. And rightfully so. You're a liar. I've been there. Aspen sounds just like Howard. You don't call him dad? Now, I love my Uncle Howard very much, Aspen. And I know that he is probably one of the most judgmental people on planet Earth. Or at least he always was. Very strong, very bold, very strict. But that's because he has Grandpa Max in him, Aspen. Now, I know, so that's the other thing, is there's no way I couldn't be transparent in here, right, Eli? There's too many people from my past in the live chat. My cousins, my family, my sisters are always in the live chat. What am I going to do? Come on here and lie? Aspen, you'll have to get a hold of me. We'll have to have a private conversation about that. Aspen, while you're here, do you remember in 2015, 2016, when I tried to get the family back together right before grandma died and everybody lashed out at me and told me that I had no right to do that, that I left the family, that I haven't been in the family for too long, and that if I try to bring the family together, I'm going to open up wounds Do you remember that? Do you remember when the whole family told me to shut my mouth? You live in New Hampshire. You've not been around for a long time. Do you know why that happened? If anybody's been following me for a long time, they know this story. Aspen, you may not. Before I came to Christ in 2015, late 2015, I kept having these reoccurring dreams over and over and over and over again. And I wasn't a man of God yet. And the same dream that I kept having was my grandpa Max. I was sitting on a, like a, 
uh, Eli, you know those you know, like park benches with the with the light poles, like you see in like New York City and stuff like that, in Bra- in uh, uh, Central Park and all that. Well, I was sitting on one of those benches in the middle of nowhere. Just me. It was like Eli. It was like a. It was like I was on stage and there was a spotlight just on me and the bench and the light post. Right there was nothing around. It was complete darkness, and I would sit there by myself, alone. This is, this is a dream that I had. And I kept having it over and over and over again. And I couldn't ignore it because this was God. This was God knocking on the door. And I didn't want to listen to it. I didn't want to answer it. Right? Because the dream was this. I'd sit and I loved my grandpa. I loved my grandpa. I was on my grandpa's deathbed when he died. Not at the moment that he died, but leading up till he died. And that's another story. But my grandfather was a racist, a real racist. My grandfather was very harsh. He beat my mother and my uncles and my aunts almost to death many times. He excluded my mother from the family because she had a baby with my father. My family ended up getting in an actual fist fight with pipes and chains. And my father's side of the family beat my mother's side of the family almost to death with pipes and chains over my mom having me. So I was born into hatred. I was born into division. I was born into fighting. So my grandfather would come up to me in this dream and he would sit down, put his arm around me and I'd cry. And he would say, Jeremy, I need you to bring the family back together. Now at this point, Aspen's father, my uncle Howard, the only son of my grandfather was, we were split. My grandmother, who was the only one, my my grandfather had died, my grandmother was alive, and we had a split family, meaning that nobody talked to anybody. Aspen knows, my uncle Howard did not talk to my grandmother for, I don't know, a decade maybe? There was massive division. And because there was division at the top, there was division all down through the bottom. Guess what? I wasn't part of that division after 2002, 2001. I was gone. I left Illinois. I had nothing to do with that family. Neither side of the family. I was the black sheep. So I took my lashes in that family From the very beginning of my birth, there was constant fighting over me. My father tried to punch my mother and hit me, and I don't know if he broke my nose when I was two or whatever, but long story short, that's the life that that I grew up in. I've been getting whipped since day one. I did not expect to tell this story today. I have a whole other thing I needed to do. This is apparently what I'm talking about today. So, 
So my grandfather, in this dream in 2015, would sit down next to me every night for like a month. And he'd say, you have to get the family back together. Your grandmother needs you to get the family back together. You need to mend the, broken, the brokenness in your family. <laughs> now, here I am going, I haven't talked to these people in decade, over two decades. I don't know who they are. You know, over a decade, I, do, I, I don't want to talk to anybody out there. I don't want anything to do with the Miller side of my family or the Harrell side of my family. I want nothing. So the last thing that I wanted to do was go and talk to them about healing their differences. I didn't care. I didn't care at all. I ran from everything. And I didn't want to go back. But it happened day in and day out, every night. To the point where God was literally screaming at me and I didn't even believe it. I didn't even, it's not that I didn't believe him. I just, I wasn't, I didn't follow him. I didn't know what to think. So then I said, fine. I don't even know how to start. I don't have any of their phone numbers, but I still had Facebook at that point. So I started Facebook messaging everyone. My aunt, my aunts, my uncles, my cousins, And you know what I was met with? <laughs> Hatred, rejection, name-calling, lashing out, bullying, harassment. It was so bad. It was so bad to the point where I said, fine, I give up then. Now, I tried for about two weeks to get this done. My mother said, you're going to have to let this go. You're not going to be able to do this. If grandpa, if, if, if she said, if dad couldn't do this, if mom couldn't do this, if my brother Howard can't do this, how do you expect you're going to do this? They don't even know who you are anymore. I said, I don't know, mom. I don't know. But I can't get this dream to go away and it's bothering me at this point. And then you want to know what happened? Out of nowhere, my mom called me and she said, did you see what happened? I said, no. This is what pushed us to God. My grandmother was told, she had, she, I guess she went to the doctor And they told her she didn't have long to live. This was literally right afterwards. They told her she didn't have long to live. And I don't know if it was that news that did it. I can't remember. Or if it happened right before the news of they found out she didn't have long to live. But my uncle and my grandma finally buried the hatchet. And my grandma then moved from St. Louis, Missouri to Illinois to live with her son who did not want anything to do with her and she did not want anything to do with him 
and she got to live with him before she died. Now, I don't know much more than that. And I really don't know where, what the outcome is now of how close this, that side of the family is. Because I was almost like I did my job and then I was out. But what I do know is that I believe that as a result of my grandfather and God visiting me in my dream and telling me to do something that I listened to, even though I didn't want to, I believe that I was able to help my uncle and my grandmother have a relationship before she passed this earth. And I know, I know that my uncle would have regretted it if he hadn't. So again, I wasn't going to talk about that today. I don't even know how we even got on this subject. But it is a good way to bring it all full circle and say, forgive them, Lord. They know not what they do. Now, I saw Aspen say that this is embarrassing to hear, but somebody in here must need to hear it. Aspen, (laughs) a lot of things that I say about my family's life are private and people don't my my wife my wife is like why do you tell people everything why do you tell people everything about our life and I say because I don't know any other way to be that's it so I know what lashes are Aunt Renee saying she will always find out. That's what it was. Yes, that's right. That's right. Blame it on Aspen. (laughs) Oh, my Lanta. Okay. What are we at? 44 minutes past the hour. Great. I just blew the whole show, Eli, talking talking about a memory. Oh, my Lanta. You are definitely an open book. If anything, that's what I am. Maybe not such a good book to read, but it's definitely open. Um, (laughs) We all have these issues in some form. You are reaching souls for God by being honest. Never change. Thank you so much. Okay. Here's what I, here was, I want to get back to my message. Okay. So let's get back to my message. And I took some notes here, so I, I want to make sure that I say these in order, okay? Got some notes written down here. Um, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, when I say that you have to, you need your lashes, that your lashes in life are necessary in order for you to get to heaven, I'm not joking. They are. No unscathed, unbeaten, Never face any trials and tribulations person is ever going to make it to heaven. It doesn't work that way. Okay? Here's the thing. You need Judas's in your life. Unfortunately, you need Judas's in your life. Just like Jesus needed a Judas in his life in order to achieve his mission here on earth. If Jesus did not have a Judas in his life then Jesus would never have gotten the lashes and Jesus would never have taken sin upon himself for us so that he could
could make a new way for us in heaven. Ladies and gentlemen, you need to be betrayed. You have to be betrayed in your life. You have to get less from people that you give more to. You have to. That's what it's all about. Remember when I said the other day, the symbolism of Jesus and how he died and how God needed to put back what was taken? Well, folks, if God needed to put back what was taken and God built us in his image and God says that we are to walk in the path of Christ and Christ tells us that we will also be beaten and we will also get our lashes and it is necessary to walk in the path of Jesus Christ, I'm telling you right now, you need to be portrayed. You need to get less from people that you give more to. You have to. Your heart has to be broken by somebody that you lifted up off the ground. Somewhere along the lines, you reached your hand down to somebody and you helped them up off the ground in their worst point of their life. In their rock bottom, you were there. And so was Jesus. And Jesus reached down and grabbed one hand and you reached down and you grabbed the other. And guess what? You have to have your heart broken by somebody that you've lifted up off that ground. Because Jesus did. Because Jesus was betrayed. You have to be abandoned by somebody that you saved out of a burning building. Now, I know that that is an analogy, but maybe there's some firefighters in here, right? Maybe there's some people in here that have firefighter husbands and wives. But it's an analogy. Somebody that you reached out and saved from something detrimental and you were there for them in their worst moment, you have to be abandoned by these people. And I know most of you say, I already have, Jeremy. I'm reading your comments. That's why you keep seeing me look over there because the comments are over there for me. So that's what I'm reading. You have to go through hell before you can get to heaven because Jesus did Jesus had 39 lashes on his back Jesus was cut open 39 times and never said a word never screamed out, never asked them to stop, never cried out, ah, never said a word. Folks, just because you're hurt, just because somebody has betrayed you, just because the people that you're closest to abandoned you, just because they reached out and they hurt you doesn't mean that you get to complain. Jesus didn't. CQ said some wounds are surfacing with this message. Yes, they are. 
Eli, you know those movies of like superheroes or whatever when they get shot with a bullet or like Wolverine, right? He gets shot with a bullet and then he like pushes the bullet back out. You've got to take your lashes like that. You have got to be pierced and then you've got to push it back out. Don't accept it. Don't be bitter over it. Don't grumble over it. I've been there. I've done it. I still do it once in a while. Just because you've been cut, slashed, bruised, kicked, and in pain doesn't mean that you get to complain. Just because you've been cut to the bone doesn't mean that you get to shut down. You put the ointment of God on that cut. You put the ointment of God on that laceration. And you say, forgive them, Father. They know not what they do. And this is exactly why I tell you that people that lash out at me in the chat, spread rumors and lies, call me names, and we end up muting them, I'll always let them back. There's nothing that you can do to me or say to me or hurt me. There's nothing you can do to me physically, spiritually, emotionally, or mentally that is going to make me hate you. I am so far past that now. I've been through so many hells. There's nothing you can do to me. Now, speaking of hell, there's something that I have to tell you about last night. Ladies and gentlemen, last night, I was so very tired because of the day before working, you know, 15, 16 hours. My mind was racing and I just prayed to God last night. I said, God, can you just, can you just help me focus on one thing? Can you just help me focus on the thing that matters and not all these things that don't matter that's scrolling through my brain? Can you just help me? I need some rest. Well, God obliged. God answered that prayer. But do you know the thing that he had me focusing on? (laughs) The day that we look at the book of life. I want to set this picture for you. I want to set the stage here for you. I need you to think about, I need you to close your eyes and I need you to envision the scene that I'm going to set for you because it's the only thing that I saw last night. Last night when I laid down to go to bed and I asked God to help me focus on the only thing that matters, I went to bed dreaming about the book of life and whether my name is in it or not. And I kept getting this vision. And here's the vision. I'm walking up to a massive light, bright, like so bright you can't even look at it. And there was lines of people Like, lines of people. Like, one line, thousands and thousands of people. Second line, thousands and thousands of people. Third line, thousands and thousands of people. And it was lined up like that, just millions of people. And I heard people celebrating in joy, and I heard people screaming in pain. And when I got up to the front of the line where all these others were in the front of their lines, 
there was like a podium there and a book, and it was the book of life. And people were looking for their names in that book. And the people whose names were not in that book were immediately like thrown back, you know, like feet and arms out like, like this, like thrown back like this into the lake of fire. Into the lake of fire. And others were smiles as big as their eyes, arms open. And that's what I thought about all night last night. And I felt the fear and the urgency of those people whose names were not in that book. And I remember last night thinking not about the happiness and the joy of making it, and I never got to the point to see if mine was in there or not. I don't think, I don't think that was, the, I don't think that was the, the, the message that God was trying to give to me, whether mine was in there or not. I think the message God was trying to give to me is don't even get to that point because once you get there, there's no going back. There's no saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's over. It's over. So when I asked God to show me the only thing that matters, I think he did. I think he did in the most jaw-dropping way that you could. He got my attention. And what he's saying is, Don't focus on all of the earthly, finite things that are going in your life. Only focus on what keeps your name in this book so that you can come home. Folks, you might think that you have an eternity to make sure that your book name stays in that book. Your name is in the book. Whether it's removed or not, that's on you. Whether it's removed or not, that is on you. So take your lashes, take your cuts, take your bruises, forgive the people who did them to you. Always forgive and make sure that you spend whatever moment you have on this earth doing what God wants you to do. Because guess what? You don't have 30 years. You don't have 20 years. You don't have one minute. You want to know why? Because you're not promised it. So you could go, I could, I could be doing this show, blah, 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 praise God, done, done. You have no other opportunity at that point. So here's my message to you today, and it's the message that I believe God wanted me to, time is finite. You only have a little bit of it. You don't know when you're going to go. Forgive the people while you're here. Let bygones be bygones. Love the people who hurt you because they know no better. And do what you're supposed to do. Literally, ladies and gentlemen, do not get your name blotted out. That's right, Annette. Do not get your name blotted out. Let it stand in there. Let it be seen by everybody. Because you don't want to be swimming in a lake of fire. I know that. And that's not fire brimstone preaching, Bob. That's reality. 
That's what God showed me last night. This is insane how this show has come together. I know. Take your lashes, folks. Take your lashes. You'll need them. (laughs) You'll need them uh, to get in. Anyway, I'm going to take you out the same way I brought you in, and that's with some good music. So God bless you guys. I thank you for being here. We are all back to life now. And I enjoy my fellowship with you guys every single day. Thank you so much for being here on Rise Up. Make sure to put God first always. Make sure to forgive everybody always. Hold no grudges. And ladies and gentlemen, continue to bless others. I'll see you at 11 o'clock for two hours of Live from America. Until then, Mike Crispy comes up next. God bless you guys. See you later.